We please stand for our reading from the Gospel of Mark, 13th chapter, verses 1 through 8. As Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be? And, And what will be the sign that all of these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus said to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars, rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines, but this is but the beginning of the birth pains. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So I have a Jeopardy question for you, since we didn't get to play at the church picnic this year. So you have to answer in the form of a question. All right, here it is. This fairy tale character famously announced, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Who is Chicken Little? I heard it, Frank. I would also take uh, who is Henny Penny? There's a lot of versions of the story. The one we have at at home is Henny Penny, but Chicken Little, I think, is uh, probably the more uh, famous. Jesus, he sums up the moral of that story quite well when he warns his disciples here in the Gospel of Mark to beware that no one leads you astray. After an acorn fell on Chicken Little's head, he thought, what? The sky was falling. And he led all of the poultry and the farm into mass hysteria and to Foxy Loxy, who had no trouble leading them astray, right into his den where he promptly devoured the anxious, misguided fowl. The disciples, they too were an anxious bunch. They had good reason to be. Jesus had been talking about his death, and and he had been poking all of the powerful people in Jerusalem. They were starting to get the sinking suspicion that the sky was about to fall, or at the very least, the large stones of the splendid temple would soon come tumbling down. Something big was going to happen. But what? Peter, James, and John, and Andrew, sitting with Jesus on the side of Mount Olive, just outside of the city, they begged their teacher 
They begged him for some more information about the day that the great temple would be torn down. Tell us, tell us, won't you please, when will this day be? What will be the sign? It didn't take being the son of God for Jesus to see that they were a ball of anxiety. When we are fearful and anxious, we are not our best selves. We are not the most discerning. Online, I see, and at times I'm a part of, stress, anxiety, and fear. It affects the way that people engage with each other online or on the roads. We've learned recently that news stories, whether real or fake, have the ability to incite very strong emotions. Humans tend to be driven more by our emotions than by fact or by reason or the truth. People will tend to believe information that matches what they already feel rather than what is actually true. For example, uh, completely hypothetical, If you feel that left-handed people are backwards, if they are, you think that left-handed people are are less human, they are from Mars, then when you hear of some well-researched study that has proven that left-handed people are five times smarter than right-handed people, your emotions, got a few left-handers out there, I'm making this up, by the way, this is not a real thing. It's true. <laughs> You're going to prove my point here. If you, if you learn that the study has shown that, that left-handed people are five times smarter than right-handed people, but you think that they are the most backward, you know they are the most backward people, then it does not matter. It does not matter what the research shows and proves. Emotions will lead you to say, fake news even if it is 100% true. Emotions, I'm right-handed, by the way. Emotions trump reality. Research shows emotions trump reality almost all of the time. So we are at risk of being manipulated, of being led astray when powerful emotions like fear and worry are triggered. History documents this sad reality. Jesus tells his followers to beware those who will try to lead them astray when he is gone, when they are anxious and they are worried. He sees how easily influenced they are by the trappings of power. He's just warned them of all of the corruption in the temple, and still they can't help but marvel at the pretty stones. What happens when someone shows up claiming to have some special understanding of the way of the world? What happens if somebody shows up and says, I'm back, I'm him? Fooling them to believe that that these wars, these wildfires, these hurricanes are signs of God's anger or the end of the world or divine punishment who claim to come in my name. Who, who, who claim that this is some sort of divine punishment for some particular sin or another. Jesus says, don't believe those people. Don't believe those people who claim to come in my name. Dangerous false prophets and politicians tell us that, say, uh, refugees are actually invaders. 
But to quote Shakespeare's Macbeth, that is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Beware that no one leads you astray, said Jesus. When you hear of wars, rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. The Bible is chock full of stories of the people of God grappling with warring nations, invasions, locusts destroying their crops, droughts, famines, and disease. Fires and earthquakes destroyed entire cities. This did not signify the end of the world. That was not the apocalypse. These things exist in a broken world. We must keep our heads. We must remember that the one in whose name we come, Jesus Christ, we must follow his way. We cannot put discipleship of Jesus on the shelf when our emotions get the best of us. In times of trial, it is precisely our faith and discipleship to which we should turn. Worry, fear, anxiety, they had taken hold of the disciples. They were uncertain of what lay ahead, anxious for signs of what was to come, confused about Jesus' mission, and scared of the death that he foresaw. Jesus sees how easily we can be led astray. He knows so well. He knows how we fear and where our fear can lead us. So he does not abandon us to our fear. The story of Chicken Little, it's actually a version of a story that goes back thousands of years. About 400 years before the birth of Jesus, there is a story in the Buddhist tradition, actually, called The Sound the Hare Heard. I want to tell you that story now. For the story the Buddha tells his disciples is a warning and a wisdom that Jesus himself imparts to his own disciples, to each of us. As the ancient tale goes, the Buddha was walking with some of his disciples, and they saw some monks putting themselves through excruciating physical tests, laying naked on a bed of thorns, burning themselves. The monks asked Buddha, Lord, is there any value in them putting themselves through these harsh practices? The Buddha replied, No, monks. There is neither virtue nor any special merit in them. When they are examined and tested, they are like a path over a dunghill, or like the noise a hare heard. Puzzled, the monks said, Lord, we don't know about that noise. Please tell us what it was. At their request, the Buddha told them this story of the distant past. He said, long, long ago, in a part of the forest, there was a grove of palms mixed with bale trees. A hare lived in that grove beneath a palm sapling at the foot of a bale tree. One day, the hare lay under the young palm tree, idly thinking, if this earth were destroyed, what would become of me? And at that very instant, a ripe bale fruit happened to fall and hit a palm leaf, making a loud thud. Startled by this noise, 
the hare leapt to his feet and cried, The earth is collapsing! And immediately he fled without even glancing back. Another hare, seeing him race past as if for his very life, asked, What's wrong? And started running too. Don't ask, panted the first. This frightened the second hare even more, and so he sprinted to keep up. What's wrong, he shouted again. Pausing just for a moment, the first hare cried, The earth is breaking up. At this, the two of them bolted off together. Their fear was infectious. The other hares joined them until all of the hares in that forest were fleeing together. When other animals saw the commotion and asked what was wrong, they were breathlessly told, The earth is breaking up. And they too began running for their lives. In this way, the hares were soon joined by herds of deer, boars, elks, buffaloes, wild oxen, and rhinoceroses, and a family of lions, a family of tigers, not lions, a family of tigers and some elephants. Now when the lion saw this headlong stampede of animals and heard the cause of their flight, he thought, the earth is certainly not coming to an end. There must have been some sound which they misunderstood. If I don't act quickly, they will all be killed. I must save them. Then, as fast as only he could run, he got in front of them and roared three times. At the sound of his mighty voice, all of the animals stopped in their tracks. Panting, they huddled in fear. The lion approached and asked why they were running away. The earth is collapsing, they all answered. Who saw it collapsing, he asked. The elephants know all about it, some animals replied. When he asked the elephants, they said, no, we, we don't know, the tigers know. When the tigers said, no, the rhinoceroses know. And the rhinoceroses said, no, the wild oxen know. And the wild oxen said, the buffaloes know. And the buffaloes said, the elk know. And the elk said, the boars know. And the boars said, the deer know. And the deer said, we don't know, the hares know. And when he asked the hares, they pointed to one particular hare and said, this one told us. The lion asked him, is it true, sir, that the earth is breaking up? Yes, sir, I, I saw it, said the hare. Where were you when you saw it? In the forest, in a palm grove, mixed with bale trees. I was lying there under the palm tree at the foot of the bale tree, thinking, you know, if this earth were destroyed, what would become of me? And at that very moment, I heard the sound of the earth breaking up, and I fled. From this explanation, the lion realized exactly what had really happened. But he wanted to verify his conclusions and demonstrate the truth to the other animals. He gently calmed the animals and said, I will take the hare and go to find out whether or not the earth is coming to an end, where he says it is. Until we return, stay here. Placing the hare on his tawny back, the lion raced with great speed back to that grove. Then he placed the hare down and he said, come show me the place that you meant. 
I, I don't dare, my lord, said the hare. Don't be afraid, said the lion. The hare, shivering in fear, could not risk going near the bale tree. He could only point and say, over there, sir, over there is the point of the place of, 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 of dreadful noise. The lion went to the place the hare indicated. He could make out where the hare had been lying in the grass. He saw the ripe bale fruit that had fallen on the palm leaf. Having carefully ascertained that the earth was not breaking up, he placed the hare on his back again and returned to the waiting animals. He told them what he had found and said, don't be afraid. Reassured, all of the animals returned to their usual places and resumed their routines. Those animals had placed themselves in great danger because they listened to rumors and unfounded fears rather than trying to find out the truth themselves. Truly, if it had not been for the lion, those beasts would have rushed into the sea and perished. It was only because of the lion's wisdom and compassion that they escaped death. At the conclusion of the story, the Buddha told the monks, at that time, I myself was the lion. Beloved, Christ knows our fears. He sees when we are lost in the midst of our worries. If God remained apart from us, surely we would all rush headlong into the sea, lost in anxiety, following every false hope. But as it is, God came to us. And that is only good news. Like the lion, Jesus Christ stands before a terrified people and says, wait here. I am going to the source of all of your fear, the fear of death, leaving us for but a short time shivering in the grass. Jesus goes toward our fear all the way, all the way to the grave. And he returns with this good news. We no longer need to fear. He has abolished death. Jesus says the ways of this world are certainly full of dangers. This we know. Wars are currently waging. People are fleeing violence in their home countries, hopeful that our nation will help. Fires are destroying entire cities and still we wait for his return. As followers of Jesus, we are to be the peace amongst the chaos. We are to be the vision of hope in the darkness. We are to be the source of help and healing. I love how Hebrews puts it. They put it for a time just like this, for our time, saying, let us consider in this time how to provoke one another to love, to good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, encouraging one another. So we guard our hearts from being led astray by remaining close to the word of God and the people who remind us of who we are and whose we are. We have eyes to see and wisdom to discern that these ways of the world do not signify the end. That these present sufferings are birth pains. 
which will give way in time to a new and glorious life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.